0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our flagship podcast here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Feeling refreshed, we took Thursday off, as you probably know by now. Instead of doing our normal Canton-bound episode, we uh, punted, we watched the draft, we soaked all that in. We did a little, uh, as a website, did a little breakdown of some of the big moves on day one and day two of the the NFL draft, Colin. Um, the 2023 draft is now upon us officially officially with the first pick in the 2023 NFL draft X team takes Y finish that sentence for me, <sighs> man, you're going to upset a whole fan base here. So just be prepared for that for hate mail mm-hmm. or whatever else. Sure. No, I, I want to say the Falcons,
1: but that's more just out of hope, I think. I do think the Falcons are a bottom five team, maybe even a bottom three. Um, I think the Texans are right there, too. They overachieved. I'm going to say the Texans, and I'm going to say the Texans take Will Anderson.
0: Okay. They're going to stick with Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting, because I think if they're number one overall, I don't know. I think something bad has happened with Davis Mills. Yeah, just, but just... Lovey Smith, big defensive guy. Um, So I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. And I actually think they had a really good draft. And I think they are going in the right direction this year. But I don't think they have their quarterback yet. And I think the really nice picks that I like that they made this year go this to waste is, without a good quarterback.
1: I know who this is, and you're just
0: being hateful. No, no, just- no, 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 no. No, 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 I'm not. And it is who you think it is. I'm going to say (laughs) the the New York Giants end up with the first overall pick. And they get their quarterback of the future, and Brian Dabble gets his guy. You are going to upset all of them. I have just said a lot of really nice things about them. I think they did a really nice draft. I think this franchise clearly is on the up and up without Gettleman there. But, I mean, you look at that team. Defensively, do they have an identity? I don't know. The offensive line might be a little bit better obviously with with the early selection i really like Kayvon thibodeau i just don't see enough difference makers there in important positions like we don't even like any of their wide receivers and that's kind of you know the big money position right now on offense i just it's not a team that like i think they've got some pieces there but they're not pieces that that without the quarterback are going to sneak you two or three wins whereas i think like the jets like if zach wilson sucks this year they'll be bad but i think their roster is too good to be the first pick kind of same with the falcons I think they got a couple more pieces that that are a little bit more difference maker ish so i'm gonna go with the giants 101 and they take cj strut and that's their guy
1: okay all right Like I said i mean r.i.p your mentions i mean the giants
0: fans already hate you so that's fine you know yeah i just didn't want to upset anybody else so, so. yeah no that's fair i mean but uh, yeah, the enemy that i know instead of you know a different one yeah and and
1: you did say some very nice things about them. I thought they had a really nice draft as well. You're also assuming Giants fans,
0: uh, at least ones on Twitter, are rational or listen to this podcast. I think they all swore it off. So that's that's true. That's true. Um, Yeah,
1: I think Will is uh, Will's the only Giants fan that that I know. Good that point. Good point. Is level headed. Um,
0: there were a couple that came to my defense. They're good people. Good people. That's they know who they are. Um, the reason we're kind of opening up with some draft discussion here, guys, is because, like I said, the 2023 draft is officially upon us. The 2022 draft is now gone, and that is what we're going to spend tonight talking about. Uh, we're, there's all offseason to talk about, uh, major takeaways from spring games now that the majority of those are in the books. Uh, and if you want some more immediate news on any of those things, please go check out the, most, the four most recent episodes, basically, of Chasing the Natty. Um, they've done a really good job each week on their kind of breaking down that week's, that week's games. And we have as well on the show. We've kind of picked out um, some some similar information, but also some different things, obviously, with CFF, C2C, the same but different. So um, if you want any of – you're looking for any of those kind of breakdowns, you haven't checked out those shows, go ahead and, and do that now. Um, but, yeah, we're going to focus all on the 2023 draft tonight. Tonight is our 2023 way-too-early draft preview um, and I think we're going to—it's a Debbie heavy show. We haven't done one of these in a while, so it's I, I, it's, a, it's a nice palate cleanser when we're talking about the wide receiver five at Washington State. And now I just go to get to go talk about JSN for an hour. Yeah, that's it's it's true. It's a good point. And I mean, we get this on the
1: record now, and we get to play this back when we're right, you know. And it's and
0: if we're wrong and never we just delete it. Um, yeah, never sees the light of day again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how we're going to play this. Uh, just a couple of housekeeping things real quick, guys. Uh, speaking of Debbie, we are going to have a Debbie guide coming out the first week of June. It is now within a month that this is whoop, going to be whoop. coming out. We are putting some of the finishing touches on this. We've got Matt Bruning slaving away. Like, I I don't think he would argue with with that description of what, what's going on right now. He's um, not I'm even gonna, allowed to leave his house. No. No, we, we, we've, we've conveniently called in sick for him for the entire month. He's just going to be doing this for us. Um, so go ahead and, and be on the lookout for that. We have our freshman guide. that's already out, $20. Or if you are a grandfather year-long member, a scholarship tier me- year-long member, or an NIL year-long member, you get it for free. Go ahead. If you haven't received yours yet, let us know. Um, last, Sharp Sports. Go check him out on YouTube. Marcus Sharp, great guy. Dives really deep into recruiting. Um, And if you go check out his videos, he might have a little promo code action for you. So go ahead, check that out. Fantasy Points Media Group, we are a part of the FPMG. Ton of other great podcasts. You can find them all in one place at Fantasy Points Live. Or you can check out the weekly Friday drop that has all of the episodes from everybody in the group. Uh, And they will be covering the 2022 Rookie Class probably a lot more in-depth than we will because it is my least favorite topic in the entire world. So go ahead. Check it all out over there. Um, Colin, did I miss anything? Uh, no. think you're good. Yeah, I did it. Okay. That was our fifth take, actually, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a peek behind the curtain. Um, two news items here in college, and then we will start on that draft preview that we mentioned earlier. Um, the first one here, uh, which will be presented with no bias and no... Uh, any sort of opinion interjected into it. We're strictly going to look at this from a football perspective. That wide receiver Jordan Addison, formerly of the Pitt Panthers, looks to be heading into the transfer portal here at the deadline and is probably heading to USC. Um, Addison was the Blitnikoff winner last year. Obviously, we've talked a lot about how that wide receiver room was very empty behind Mario Williams uh, at USC. So, Colin... Um, First off, do you like this move from a football standpoint for Jordan Addison? We're not let's not even talk about the NIL implications of this. Like honestly, like it's just you just you don't want to get upset. No, it's just beyond whatever we need to talk about on the show and yes, I'll probably get really upset. <laughs>
1: um from a football standpoint I like this for Jordan Addison because going to USC being a wide receiver in lincoln riley's offense it's going to raise his profile a little bit more i mean he was already a bulletin award winner he was already somebody who was bandied about as a potential first round wide receiver next year and i don't think that's necessarily unwarranted um i was a little worried about his production at Pitt this year i mean i think he was going to be safe I think he was going to be the wide receiver one there. But I just think that offense overall isn't going to pass as much this year. One without Kenny Pickett, um, who can push the ball downfield where Slovis really can't that well. And two, um, Whipple is gone and in um comes Signetti, right? Signetti, Is that
0: his name? Uh yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yes, yeah, C- C- I don't Cignetti, know. If I yeah. A heavy Italian <laughs> accent or not as I'm gesturing with my hands. But yes. Yeah, um,
1: like but yeah, in comes Signetti, um, and he's a lot more run heavy. So, and then Pittsburgh brings back their entire starting offensive line. So, all of those factors lead me to believe they're going to be less pass heavy, more run heavy this year, which so I think Addison. Quarterback play, a little bit of a dip, volume a little bit of a dip, his numbers would have dipped. And I could have seen him slipping out of the round one conversation if he doesn't necessarily repeat that performance. Now headed to USC. I don't think he's going to put up the numbers that he just did at Pitt, but I think he will put up very solid numbers, similar numbers to what he I think he would have put up at Pitt this year. So maybe eleven hundred yards, maybe 75, 80 catches. Um and you know, eight to 10 touchdowns ish, probably along those lines. Um, And I think that's going to be good enough to keep him in that first round conversation. So
0: I think overall, Jordan Addison, this was a good move for him. So um, it sounds like uh, basically he was he was persuaded to go there with an NIL deal without getting too much into that. Again, it sounds like Pittsburgh probably matched or got very close to matching that deal. So was that the reason he left? Probably not. Here's where I will play devil's advocate, Colin. If you go look at the the list of Blitnikoff Award winners over the past 20 years, there has basically been two guys and then, or three players in the last 20 years who have gone past round two pick 60 in the draft. Mm-hmm. One of them was like 2005, a guy, Mike Haas. Haas. I've literally never heard of this dude. He was at Ohio State apparently, was a round six pick. Then you had DD Westbrook who went in the fourth round because he was super duper tiny. Uh, And you also had, um, uh, actually, that's it. Everybody else went round two, pick 60 or earlier. So, and that's a list, you know I mean? It's not Charles Rogers, Larry Fitzgerald, Braylon Edwards, Calvin Johnson, Crabtree, Golden Tate, Justin Blackman, Marquise Lee, Brandon Cook, Samari Cooper, Corey Coleman, obviously nothing in the NFL, but he went early enough, D.D. Westbrook, James Washington, Jerry Judy, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Jordan Addison so i don't know that he's really helping his draft stock that much by doing this i am sensing part of it is that keelan slova stinks i'm sensing part of it's probably that i would rather live in la than pittsburgh if all other things were equal (laughs) um even though i do really like pittsburgh um but honestly that's really the only upside I see. Like I don't think he's going to get necessarily the passing volume that he would here in Pittsburgh where he's the undisputed number 1. I don't know, like I don't know that this is a stock boost for him at all. If you're looking at it from pure CFF perspective, it probably isn't. And I'll be really interested to see how it shakes out between him and second year USC wide receiver Mario Williams. Like who is going to end up being the guy there in that offense? Is it Mario who we thought looked really good in the spring? Will it be addison i i think that will be fascinating to watch i think at the end of the day those two probably limit each other's ceilings at least slightly we did say they probably need to score 60 points a game to win though this year so um i don't know that this is a stock up for him at all actually and i really if you're counting on really big performance from him again this year i think from that perspective, this might actually be a stock down from some people's perspective, depending on his like the value that you needed out of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't think the production is really going to be that much
0: different. Cause I do he think he had like 20 touchdowns last year. And you're you're predicting he gets eight at USC. And I don't you're think he was the production getting... won't be that different.
1: I don't think he was gonna get 20 at Pitt this year. Like I said, I think that offense is going to be a lot more run heavy. I think it's going to be slower paced and they're not going to push the ball downfield as much with Slovis who probably can't do that. And I think that that's where Jordan Addison really
0: shined last year was was on this downfield stuff where he could get. Uh, So he was good at that last year. His freshman Mm -hmm. year, his dot was like two. So I think he can be used basically anyway you want to use him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he can. And I'm I'm not saying he can't. Like, I, I think he's a very versatile
1: wide receiver, but I think, his a lot of his production came because they were pushing the ball downfield i do think they're going to push the ball downfield more at usc than they would at Pitt, but that's going to be offset obviously by more target competition
0: with mario williams is is, so uh, does this hurt mario williams stock guy again that we had a really had two touchdowns in the spring game was basically the only guy there um now there's obviously somebody else to maybe take some heat off, but you this probably limits his production to a point this season. Yeah, I, I think it does.
1: I think it kind of caps his ceiling. I think his, you know, he's still going to produce, and I don't th- think he was going to produce quite as well as what everybody thought just based on the spring game. Um, because Gary Bryant jr. Wasn't playing, you know, there were a lot of other wide receivers that weren't playing. So I think like, once you got those guys out there, ultimately, you know, if you're basing your, uh, production estimates off of the spring game and how good he looked there, I think he would have been a a slight disappointment. Um, but I think this, again,
0: I think he and Addison are going to put up very, very similar numbers this year. So two quick things. One uh, I wrote down OSU for my cost. It's Oregon State. It was not Ohio State. So anyone mm-hmm. that screamed into there, whatever uh, as I said that it's Oregon State um, second I think at, after watching that spring game I think this would not have been a bet that I would have put any money on. It wouldn't even been like something that I would have been comfortable giving advice on but I think just based again on how bad that uh, that defense is, how Mario and Caleb looked together in the spring game, like Belitnikov would not have been out of the question. That would have been like the .001 percentile of outcomes for Mario Williams. Just based on freaking sheer volume, like he could have potentially have been the most targeted player in college football this year. He could have put up a Jareth Stearns level season at USC based purely. On the freaking volume that he was going to get there. Based Jerez turns folks in case you didn't notice didn't just didn't get drafted. They're very different players, but this so this is not a comment on what I think of Mario Williams is a player. I'm just saying the volume would have been so outrageous for him and now that obviously is not going to be the case for him. Right,
1: so I think you know one player that this is a bit of a stock up for is Kanata Mumfield. You know, I was fading him pretty pretty heavily this off season. Like I said, I don't think that pit offense was going to be able to support two wide receivers. I thought Jordan Addison was going to be clear cut the number one guy there. Obviously with him out of town, they're going to be looking for somebody. And I think Kanata Mumfield is a good enough receiver where he'll be able to put up some, some solid numbers this year. You know, I think he will be with Jordan Addison out of town. I think he will be fantasy relevant on the CFF side. He's going to be a guy that you'll be comfortable starting. Maybe as a wide receiver three, you know, maybe in the flex, depending on how many rosters or how many starting spots you have, but this is a stock up for him. So I'm no longer fading Kanata Mumfield as hard as I was. He will
0: perform a little better. I'm still pretty skeptical that he can be a number one wide receiver at a team like, at a school like Pitt. And I think, if I remember correctly, I listened to this week's CTN this afternoon uh, when I was in the car. And um, I, th- one of either Chris Moxley or Jared was saying they feel something similar. He's a good player. He's not. The Jordan Addison replacement at pit level player. That's just no. again my personal opinion on it. But he was, I mean, obviously too, too good for Akron, quote unquote. Yeah. I believe that was cold
1: shower, Chris. I got probably twenty minutes into that episode, uh so he talked about it pretty early. I'm pretty sure it was cold shower, Chris Moxley throwing some
0: cold water on the Canada Mumfield hype. Yeah. So I, I, I. So that's a guy you think is stock up, Colin. Um, let's go to USC Gary Bryant jr. Stock down big stock down. Yeah, it's probably too late for him to go into the portal now, which is like such a freaking fu to him.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, he could, and he has to felt, he would have to file some paperwork, but I think he should go into the portal. Honestly, I, I really do because every, they've brought in so many guys this off season that I think he's more talented than rice. Brendan rice and Terrell Bynum that they brought in by like a good amount. So like, I wasn't super worried about those, but just the fact that they bring in those two, then they bring in Mario Williams. Now they bring in Jordan Addison. They brought in four wide receivers this year. Like if that's not a big fu to Gary Bryant, then I, you know, I don't know what is. I, I think he should see the writing on
0: the wall there and, and get out of town. The wide receiver room there was pretty empty, so I'm not going to um, go on an anti-Lincoln-Riley spiel like I am want to do sometimes. <laughs> I think he's a snake. Um, but I will say that it feels a little dirty that he basically went after the first thing he could find, and now that he's found something better, he's kind of going to bury a couple of these kids. Um uh-huh. That, that he brought there. So that just feels a little scummy to me, but surprise, surprise Lincoln Riley being scum. Not that surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: I, I think there's a lot of wide receivers at USC that need to get out of town. Michael Jackson, the third, I like him still, but he is very much buried. I would really like to see him get in the portal and go somewhere else. So he can have a productive
0: year this year. Um, How about Taj Washington, a guy that when that transfer happened last year, we both were kind of like this feels like a move that he was just happy to have USC flirting with him and is not actually considering because like his he would be the number one wide receiver at Memphis next year. Right.
1: Oh, like yeah. He clear would, cut. I mean,
0: he's, he's not the Calvin Austin replacement per se. But he would be the guy there in an offense that he would know with a pretty solid quarterback in Seth Hennigan and a conference that is pretty open and would allow him to do some things. This this feels he really shot himself in a foot here. And this is kind of the the obvious downside of the portal, which is obviously outweighed by the. But good There's parts no... of the players who have benefited from these moves. I said, but I was there just... is no downside of the portal. The portal's all great, all player movement, all power to the players. Yeah, um, about that. Um, I, 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 Does this have, help Caleb Williams at all at the end of the day? I mean, I guess really it's, it's one more target, but I'm, how much more productive could he be with him there? I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah, I don't really think this impacts Caleb Williams that much. Um, I mean, I think the volume is gonna be pretty much the same. I think that he had his number one guy there in Mario Williams. so that's fine. I mean, does it is it an upgrade on the number two role? Yeah, but I don't think I think Gary Bryant jr would have been fine. um so it's not like this is a huge ad for Caleb Williams. um this is is pretty neutral for me
0: yeah I, I don't know how um how much that changes things so um let's shift to our other piece of news unless there's anybody else is there other fallout from this you want to discuss i, I mean this doesn't impact slovis of all slovis is going to be slovis um uh, beyond that I, I, I don't really see anything here um marquis irving to oregon is the other uh moderately interesting piece of news was the slated to be probably the third running back at Minnesota, entered the portal a couple of weeks ago. We did mention it here on the show. Uh, has now popped up at Oregon. Um, I think this is interesting. Uh, he adds to a backfield where I think they have some other guys that are kind of similar to him from a skill set standpoint. But obviously, going there this late in, in in time, they were looking for something and kind of desperate for something. This wasn't a, a Taj Washington to USC luxury transfer. This was you know we we need you to come here. Um, what do you think about, we'll start with, with, with Marquis serving himself. Is this a good move for him? Um, is it a better move
1: than staying at, uh, Minnesota? Yes, it is. Because he like you said he would have been third on that depth chart. Pretty, pretty clearly. Uh, I don't think he would have had much of a role there. Is it the play? Is it the best place he could have gone? No. Um, this is a pretty, like you said, this this backfield has a lot of pieces that are similar to Marquise Irving. Uh, Noah Whittington is a smaller guy, Sean Dollars is smaller as well, he's only 195 pounds. Um, so they have smaller pass catching backs on that roster already. Um, not that he's like worse than them or anything like that. Um, you know, so I, I don't think it's like, he's going to a place where there's clearly better talent on that roster in that serves the same role than him, but he's behind the eight ball. Um, you know, he's coming in after spring, uh, Noah Whittington looked pretty good in the, uh, spring game. Sean dollars also looked good in the spring game as well. So they have. Other guys more established there that looked good and had did not hurt themselves, so he could still earn a role on this depth chart. I think, uh, but he's gonna have a harder time than if he had gone somewhere else.
0: This feels uh, for fan for like a media fantasy purposes, um, kind of like the Georgia backfield, but way worse than the Georgia backfield. Uh, like, like not as talented, um, where you have a bunch of guys that can all play. Then um, they're all going to eat each eat into each other's workloads. Um, I think you know there was there was the the narrative at the beginning of this offseason that this meant that with, with the way this backfield was shaping up that Byron Cardwell was going to be the bell cow. He was going to get you know seventy percent of the touches. He was going to feast. He was going to really really look good. Um, I do think this is a stock down for him, and it's not just this move. It's this move. Plus, Sean Dollar is reportedly looking good. Plus, they added Jordan James, who is a guy that came with this coaching staff. He um, is close with with um, um, Lanning, who came over from Georgia, um, where he was once committed before decommitting. Don't let Georgia fans fool you; they wanted him. He decommitted there, um, that left them kind of scrambling at the end of the portal for somebody, else, or at the end of the the, the period for somebody else. Um, and you bring in Whittington, now you bring in Irving. Like how that is a huge red flag for me. They they probably aren't going to give Cardwell Bell Cal touches this year. Um, and for somebody that was already not a big fan of him for Debbie purposes, I'm out on 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 Cardwell. I will sell the one or two shares I have left, uh, and I will be completely out of this the, the, this backfield probably. I just can't rationalize having that sitting on my bench when I could get a pretty hefty price for him.
1: Uh, I don't think you're going to get a hefty price anymore because I do think that them bringing in two running backs here in Whittington and Marquise Irving. Now, they're not the same role that Byron Cardwell is. I think Byron Cardwell pretty securely has the 1A role in this backfield. But I think what the bringing in those two guys, what that says to me is that they want maybe a little bit more of a 1A, 1B. They want a guy who can um, do a little bit more in the passing game than what Cardwell has done or shown so far. Um, I mean, he had four catches last year for three yards. Uh, He didn't catch a ton of passes in high school either, so he hasn't shown the ability to do a lot in the passing game up to this point. So I think what that says to me is that they want somebody who has more experience in the passing game there. Uh, so, I do think that Byron Cardwell leads the team in carries. He's going to lead them between the tackles. This is just going to limit his CFF upside now. Uh, he's not going to get any
0: passing volume here. Is his best case scenario Kenneth Walker, if that's the case?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and that's, that is a ceiling. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that is a best case scenario, like you said. I don't, is that in his realm of outcomes? That's probably like his point oh oh one
0: percentile outcome, or like very very top. Um, so what I, do we? Care- so why do we care about Byron Cardwell then? If Kenneth Walker is his ceiling, because
1: Kenneth Walker just got drafted day two,
0: in a terrible draft and a terrible draft class. He's got drafted I mean, fairly early day two. He's the second like, running
1: back off the board.
0: Like many people don't actually really like Kenneth Walker. I know some people do, and that's fine. I think a lot of people don't even like Kenneth Walker. It's just a What the? I have to take somebody, like at some point. I don't. I sold all my picks, but somebody has to take somebody. So, yeah. I mean,
1: if Kenneth Walker is his ceiling, that's an early day two back, and that's a really Mm -hmm. good ceiling. I'm very no
0: in a normal class. That is not an early day two back. That's this is like end of round three in a normal class.
1: Mm, Maybe. I mean, agree to disagree on that one. I do think. Byron Cardwell has day two upside as a running back, but in order to get that, he's going to need to show more in the passing game because he's not as explosive as Kenneth Walker was.
0: Yeah, I just don't know uh, what we're doing here with this guy. Like
1: it's a little I, it's a, it's a little bit of a hit,
0: but uh it's not a big hit for me for Cardwell. He's kind of an expensive stash. Like that's like
1: the price, yeah, the price right now where he's going is a little bit more
0: expensive than what you can expect from cff yeah and your production i mean rojo is in the range of outcomes here like this is the, the the stylistic bucket that this kid is going to fall into i just don't really get what we're looking at here with this guy i will i will argue with anybody on it i'm fresh off my malik willis victory i need a new i need a new one to win bring your best i will crush all of you on byron cardwell zero doubt in my mind um larger question out of this colin will oregon's offense maybe be sneaky good this year um they'll go as far as bo nix can take them right i mean
1: yeah that's that's what
0: i was gonna say
1: it's going to really come down to bo nix and if he can recapture a little bit of that magic that he saw freshman year with Kenny Dillingham, where he was getting a lot of hype, you know, there was obviously some things he needed to clean up and you were projecting because he was a freshman, but that was, that was a solid season. And then he's just never done anything close to that since he's just been so up and down um, that he is reuniting with Kenny Dillingham. So there's a little bit of hope there. Um, he has to be more consistent in order for this offense to be good. Uh, I think there could be flashes where this offense can put up 45 points and there's going to be other games where they struggle to hit 20. It's really, like you said, it's
0: going to go as far as bone can take him If bone if if that offense fails, the bone is just like dead. I would yes. assume. Um, and they really don't have anything behind him either. So that that just feels that just feels like an intentional shot. That just that's rude. Isn't Butterfield the backup? Allegedly. <laughs> Do we feel good about that? There's not a depth chart. There's
1: no depth chart right now. I mean, yeah, it's, this is, it's all nebulous. You know Bone X is at the top, and then after that, it's it's
0: you know, it's it's fluid from day I, to day. You know what? I can't imagine being down so bad that my Freshman, a freshman QB that I've been hyping for forever got replaced by Bo Nix and was just dead in the water. Like it's folks, you know what? If you can send Colin some sort of condolences or get well e card. I'm sure he would really, really appreciate it. Just send it to our campusdecanton at gmail.com. Email, make sure you, you I'm put it that. Who's on that exactly. All make sure that, <laughs> make sure that you put that it's to Colin. <laughs> send as many of them as you can. Let's get a campaign going for <laughs> for condolences and get well soon cards for Colin and his his slowly dying pieces of the Oregon offense. Um all right, 2023 draft preview, Colin. Let's let's skip over here now. We're we're done here with with the news for That's the week. Thirty minutes. <laughs> we had fun doing it too. We did. Um. So and so, I guys, I had a mega episode planned for tonight. I had like a two and a half hour episode. So we we cut this in half, uh, pre-show because we, uh, and uh, that was a good thing because the news just took half an hour. So, Colin, let's go through this 2023 class. Um. As if it were happening next week, let's try to you know, predict, prognosticate whatever word you want to use for that class. And I think the the fairest opening question is going to be this. What players do you think, as of today, are probably going to be first-round NFL draft picks, day one, in 2023?
1: Uh, I think if you start a quarterback, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, very too easy off the top. They come from established programs, Alabama and uh, Ohio State. Ohio State has put their last, I don't even know how many quarterbacks they've had there in the first round. Um, Two. Is it two? Who was before? Well, they had Burrow there too, but that doesn't really count. Um, Who was before Haskins?
0: Nobody. <laughs> it was JT Barrett, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or Cardale or like some combination of oh yeah, that's right. Guys. Cardale so, was the one I was thinking yeah. of. Him. He disappointed.
1: All right. Well, Ryan Day has put both of his quarterbacks in the in the first round. I, th- I think CJ Stroud gets there again. CJ Stroud, I think, has a very good shot to win the Heisman this year. Um, which I think will keep him in the very early round one conversation. Bryson Young just won the Heisman, coming from Bama. I think this Bama team, this defense is going to be very, very scary this year. Uh, their offense isn't even going to need to be scary, but their offense is going to be good. Uh, so, a Bama team that's going to go far, Bryce Young is going to take them far. I think he's pretty locked into the first round. It's when you get after those two that we start to have more question marks here. You know, Anthony Richardson has an incredible athletic profile and that's really about it right now. I mean, he looked good in the spring, but he's going to have to back it up with his arm
0: for him to go first round. He's going to have to play really well this year. Like I think if it's a a a, a mediocre year from Anthony Richardson, he can't declare. He won't go very early because we just saw this with Malik Willis in a much worse quarterback class right so if, so if Richardson be... has a good year is there a decent chance he goes first of all these quarterbacks and I'm not saying that I agree with that I would if I'm an NFL GM I am a thousand percent not doing that but is it possible that some team falls in love with with the the athletic upside and the big arm and takes him over Stroud and Bryce Young who are not bad athletes by any stretch of the imagination but they certainly are not in that same even like, they're like two tiers separated from what Anthony richardson is
1: yeah and that's not like you said that's not a knock on on young and stroud at all but that's just how great of an athlete anthony richardson is is there a possibility that that happens yeah it's like one percent um because i just don't think he's refined enough as a passer at this point he would have to take major steps in that regard um, and you said You know, we just saw it with Malik Willis. I think part of Malik Willis's problem is he did that at Liberty. If, you know, if Anthony Richardson does it at Florida, that's a very different story. So I think that's what could save him. Um, But I think he's more likely to be the third quarterback off the board, way more likely to be the third quarterback off the board than he would be the first.
0: I think it's like 101 or he's nothing. Interesting. And Eileen, nothing right now um because he has to have again i think a mediocre year is what occurs from a statistical standpoint maybe it's better than that but from like an overall performance i i'm predicting a a mediocre year compared to what he could be wow austin with a lukewarm take who would have thought i think that's a hot take (laughs) (laughs) everyone either says he sucks or he's great i'm saying this dude's going to be mediocre as hell next year. And that's going to like tank the value in a completely different way. Um, than what anybody else thinks I'm, I am am creative man coming up with this stuff. Don't hear anyone else saying that. Um, um, <laughs> I'll let you go ahead. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke odds that he gets in.
1: Um, I think right now he would be the betting odds favorite to be the third quarterback off the board but I am pretty worried about his production taking a hit with Josh, G- Josh Gaddis at quarterback. All right. Uh, offensive coordinator. Now I'm re I, 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 don't know how much of Michigan's past offenses, you know, was Gaddis versus Harbaugh and also how much was just not good quarterbacks from Shea Patterson to Joe Milton to cade mcnamara who's a great game manager uh tyler van dyke will be the best quarterback that gaddis has worked with uh in recent years so there's definitely a possibility that this isn't going to be as big of a negative as some people are predicting i don't feel great projecting that right now so i think tyler van dyke if he gets into the first round, it will be later in the first round. I don't think he goes that early.
0: Um, Tyler Van Dyke um, entering his third year at Miami, Florida. Um, he does some boneheaded stuff sometimes, but that's to be expected in his first year of quarterbacking. Um, certainly not the flawless quarterback prospect. That I think some, picture based on his efficiency down the stretch last year. Um, I am going to say now I don't think he goes first round. Um, but that's just a prediction of mine. How about uh, Cameron Ward, quarterback, Washington State?
1: Cameron Ward, um, he could have a monster year this year. And I don't know if it would be quite enough to get him in the first round i think he would need just because he'd be coming from washington state and that kind of a system i i don't i think he would need two years two good years at the fbs and power five level to get into the to be a first round quarterback again is it impossible that he's a first round quarterback no um but at this point in time, I don't think he will get there.
0: Um, what about Spencer Rattler, quarterback South Carolina on a redemption tour uh, there with the Gamecocks? That is probably the most likely
1: of the names that we've mentioned right now. But which
0: which means it's not gonna it's not even
1: gonna be close. To yeah, happening. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if he has a nice year at South Carolina and. A nice year at South Carolina is not the same thing that a nice year at Oklahoma would have been. Um, Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. (laughs) What
0: do you mean by that? Statistically. (laughs) Um, I just, I don't, he's not going to upset a whole lot of people. I don't think he's going to have the wrong wrong people. (laughs) Uh,
1: I don't think he's going to have a phenomenal statistic year this year. He could have a good statistical year this year. And doing it in the SEC, I think, would mean something. He's had some hype there before. If Caleb Williams looks really good at USC, I think you'll find people explaining away that he just got beat out by somebody who was more talented, but that he was still talented
0: within his own right. Who amongst us has not been beaten out by somebody more talented? um 3,000 passing yards for Spencer Rattler next year. I think that is a nice ceiling.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> i I would take the under if you put it on that. Um, not super confidently,
0: but I would take the under. Fair enough. Um, how about uh, I'm trying to Phil Jerkovic, quarterback at Boston College. Uh, will be a little bit probably one of the the elder statesman quarterbacks of this class, started at Notre Dame, transferred to B.C., missed a lot of last year with a hand injury uh, or wrist. or it's, it's one of the two. Um, how do you feel about him going first sure? round?
1: I don't think that's very likely. Uh, I think there's just a lot in his game that he would need to clean up, and he is coming back for another year. So, you know, maybe, but I don't think – another big statistical year at Boston college is going to be enough to do it. So I I don't don't think he's, I don't think he's a first round
0: quarterback. I was talking with a guy at work um, the other day who went to high school with him. He was like two years older and um, said how bad he was in high school. (laughs) His words, not mine. Uh, That was very interesting. Um, Grayson McCall. I think he's pretty on, what about me? What about me? On I'm not going to go in the first round. What? Okay. No, Jerkovich. <laughs> oh. Well, we're naming off people, and you said, "What about you?" I'm, no, I'm not. Yeah. Go what go are the first your round. thoughts on Jerkovich? Um, and Cameron Ward. You didn't give those either. You've just been firing them off at me. Sorry that I'm trying to value your opinion. Don't give me that. That's not what you're doing. Um, Jerkovich. He's a very difficult player for me to rank right now. I have him in my Debbie rankings right now as the QB 19 overall. That almost feels like a bit of a hedge bet to me, but then you look at some of the guys below him and you don't necessarily feel any more comfortable putting putting them over him either. So like the guys I have directly in front of him are like Grayson McCall, who another guy who I kind of feel like that. The cutoff is kind of right with him there. Kyle McCord, Ty Simpson, Phil Jerkovic. And then right behind him is like Drake May, Gunner Stockton, Connor Weigman. Like, I guess Weigman would hold value better. So maybe I should bump him up a little bit. I don't think that much of Connor Weigman. Um, He's got a little bit of a loopy throwing motion. He's mobile, but not mobile enough for me to take him seriously as a runner. His arm strength is good, but not. he doesn't have a cannon for his size. I'd rather he have a bigger arm to make up for some of his other deficiencies. He's moderately accurate, but I think he misses deep quite often. He also hasn't had like the most amazing supporting cast. I don't really know what to make of him. I would be very, very shocked if he went round one. I think even if he had a very good year, especially by Boston College's standards, again, you know, this is like doing well with South Carolina. Like it's it's on the level with doing well at Boston College. I don't know that that's a guy that I feel really good about projecting forward. Same with Zay Flowers, his, his star wide receiver. I just, I, I'm not really there on Zay Flowers. I think he plays very, very soft. Um, for the position, it's kind of the same problem that like Jami Brown has had um, so far where he third round. He's he's a pretty good athlete. He can win deep, but uh, not very physical. Cameron Ward. I think if he has. If he throws for. Thirty five hundred to four thousand yards this year, I think he can go day one because the narrative will be basically this kid was in like a triple option or whatever like he threw it like 60 times his senior year or something of high school so he had to go to incarnate word he went there he immediately tore it up bumped up to the big leagues and then immediately tore it up again like i think somebody's saying like wow like this kid like just gets met with a new challenge and he he exceeds it every single time he he rises to the occasion so i think if he has a big year i think it's possible but he's not super mobile and i think with that kind of being the name of the game nowadays, that that will definitely hurt him a little bit. He's not Carson Strong, but he's not Anthony Richardson either. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Grayson McCall, I mean, I think we both agree, probably not a first-round guy, gimmicky offense. Um, Arm leaves something to be desired at times. Do you have any other comments on Grayson McCall?
1: No, I don't think he has any real shot at going in the first. I mean, I think it pretty, pretty gimmicky offense Um there. You know, he doesn't really run like a pro style offense. He's coming from coastal Carolina. Uh, I don't think he has any real shot to be a first round
0: quarterback, despite what some people might say. So there are a lot of other names here that I think we can start tossing out Colin. Um, and I think, you know, at, at the end of the day, we'll probably one of these guys will end up being a, a first-round guy, even if we don't feel great about him. Hendon Hooker uh, at, at Tennessee, Malik Cunningham at Louisville, uh, Will Levis at Kentucky. I think he's basically like anybody who felt really good about him based on the the tools argument now probably feels less good because of what just happened with Malik Willis and, and Mac Corral to an extent um, in this year's draft. Brennan Armstrong, virginia quarterback aiden o'connell the purdue quarterback i think has an outside chance based on how efficient he can be in that offense devin leary the nc state quarterback who we've talked about that could be a guy that that slots in there evan prater is technically eligible if he were to tear it up jaron hall has been a name that has been tossed around at some point Jaden daniels is still alive (laughs) somewhere he's out there um Grant Wells, like I, I don't know how do you, how JT Daniels, like I think these are names that uh, you will see pop up here, but I don't think any of those necessarily are realistic shots to put any sort of money on or to bake that into whatever value you currently have of them in a C two C league.
1: Maybe, maybe I didn't hear it because I was partially paying attention because I was sorting through like my rankings and stuff. Oh, did on, you man.
0: did you mention Dylan Gabriel? No, he stinks. I've said he doesn't have an NFL arm. I've said I, this, I've been on record.
1: I know Why would you I have. bring him
0: up. I I think
1: that there is more of a chance that Dylan Gabriel makes the first round than any of those guys that you just rattled off. If you want to play a real nice game, hey, except for Devin toss, Except Dylan Devin. Your guy. Except Devin your Leary. Except Devin Leary. Um mm-hmm. Devin Leary, I think, has a legitimate shot at that. Uh everybody wants to say, oh, he's gonna be this year's Kenny Pickett. He just put up a way better season last year. Than, uh, than any season that Kenny Pickett had before this past year. So if he does it back to back years, we can get rid of like the whole he's the next Kenny Pickett thing because they're they're
0: not the same. Um, and Keon Slovis, I don't think we named him either. But um. no, um, one other one. So so Dylan Gabriel, I think has has a
1: shot. Um, I think doing it at Oklahoma is going to mean something. Um, he his arm strength is a little questionable. So that's like, obviously the biggest concern is maybe he's in that Kyle Trask type of a bucket. Um, So that I think is what holds me back on that. But like I said, I think he has a better shot than any of those other quarterbacks he rattled off, except for Devin Leary. And then I do have one other one uh, that I'm not ruling out. uh, And that's Haynes King. Um, He got hurt very early last year. Um, so didn't really get the chance to produce, but he won that job. It sounds like he's going to win that job again this year. I think if he has a big year this year, he's also toolsy enough that I could see it. I, again, another guy that I think has a better chance than a lot of the guys that you had rattled off there, um, like Hendon Hooker, Grayson McCall,
0: and Levis, Jane Daniels, those guys, so... My problem with projecting Haynes King to that kind of level is that I just don't think he's good. Um, I mean, that's, that's definitely there. So that, that could be. be. A, that would be a very big limiting factor. Uh, that's entirely me, possible. Personally. We just we haven't seen it in, in games. So just one, the lowest and, rated player you think has a chance to jump into the first round column. On my rankings? Yeah, your rankings, you know, kind of consensus-y type guy. Like, what do you, what do you think? Um, well,
1: First of all, let me apologize for my hot take of last year about DTR. That is dead. Um, a hot take at the beginning of last year. I don't think DTR is a is a first round quarterback. Um my lowest rated player that I think would stand a chance. Um probably is Haynes King, who I have ranked as my Debbie QB 34. Although I need to put him ahead of DJU because I think DJU stream is done, so thirty-three. I'll flip those two.
0: How about this one for you, Colin? This will this will make somebody very happy. The lowest-rated player that I have that I could see sneaking into the first round as quarterback is Hunter Decker's. Oh, which is a double-sided thing because that means I have him way lower than Felix would be happy with. Uh quarterback at Iowa State. I believe he's twenty twenty-three eligible, he's- and I have him as my QB forty. I don't have him ranked for Debbie.
1: Okay. Uh, I, I only have 50 quarterbacks ranked for Debbie. Um, I could probably, he's right on the edge there. The last guys that I have ranked um, KJ Jefferson, Cam Rising, Will Rogers. I would put him in right around maybe KJ Jefferson. So maybe I need to put him at like 47 for Debbie. So maybe I should rank him, but I'm still pretty low on him. Uh, I still stand by my bet with Felix that he is not uh, a top twenty four
0: CFF QB or a first round quarterback. I'm pretty sure that was what it was. So right so as of today, Colin, we have two quarterbacks we think probably get in pretty pretty easily, probably not a two to three on the bubble. Uh, I'm not going to go into the was it Mel Kiper that said six and a half quarterbacks potentially and over under next year's draft? It's under. Let's go. Let's go three and a half. Are we over three and a half quarterbacks in next year's first round? Um, as it stands today,
1: give me the over, and Ooh. it's going to be four. I think. that – I I, I said a good line. You did. Sense. Okay. it's a very tough line. Um, I think it's, you yeah, got very easy to, and then I could very, I can very easily see two of Anthony Richardson, Tyler Van Dyke, Devin Leary, um, Spencer Rattler kind of getting in there, you know, and, and maybe a, a surprise guy like a, a Cam Ward, um, Yeah, I'm looking at <laughs> my list here. <laughs> Maybe a surprise guy like a Haynes King, um, Dylan Gabriel. You like I Haynes could see. What about Hudson yeah. Card? While
0: we're talking that's about just, Haynes King, let's talk about other mean. Texas-based quarterbacks that are dead to us. Uh, that's know. just mean. That's just mean.
1: I'm not out here hyping up a Haynes King. I'm just saying that we haven't really seen it yet, and he's toolsy enough. He's at Texas A&M. He has a huge year. I could
0: see it. Um. Okay, then. Um. Pivot over to running back here, Colin. Uh, obviously, a much, much stronger class than this year. Um, which was this this year's was pretty, you know. We just talked about quarterback being pretty damn bad this year. Um, running back was pretty damn bad as well. Um we have some hope though. Obvious first round guy, Bijan Robinson. Potentially, we never really know what the NFL is gonna do. Right. Over one and a half running backs in the first round. Um, give me the over. Okay. It's been a little
1: while. Uh, well, we just what Najee and ETN, um, Mm -hmm. went in the first round, but prior to that, what, uh, CEH was the only first round running back. Josh Jacobs then I think was also the only first round running back to the year after that too. Um, so that's a, that's another pretty good line, but I think, Bijan is pretty safe um, to be a first round running back, about as safe as you can be for first round running backs. And then I think Jameer Gibbs will put up enough numbers, put up good enough numbers at Alabama this year uh, that I could see him getting into the first round as well. Uh, I also wouldn't completely rule out Zach Evans, although I think that's a long shot. So I think the number's two, but. Again, first-round running backs, can't really feel great about them in today's NFL.
0: I'm going to take the under on one and a half. It's just going to be Bijan. I don't think Jameer Gibbs is going to end up weighing in big enough, even with a pretty nice season at Bama. I think teams are going to be um, skeptical on him. Like I don't think he's an appreciably better prospect than than, um, uh, DeAndre Swift was, who went round two, early round two. I think that's kind of the cap for those guys, really. Like CMC just feels like a huge outlier where he went, and that was over five years ago. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, But I think the
1: Bama bump, and I think he'll put up good enough numbers now. I don't think he's a 1,000-yard receiver, 1,000-yard rusher, uh, like somebody who remained nameless had mentioned. Um, That just doesn't happen. But... I think he'll have a good enough rushing and receiving profile uh that he'll
0: be he'll be close. What about um Tank Bigsby? Where do you see Tank Bigsby going next year? He feels like a guy for what it's worth, I still like Tank Bigsby and I think I've been fairly consistent this offseason in saying while wow, I was definitely the low man on him for a while i think the value has shifted to where i'm now one of the higher people on him but he feels like a guy that might slip to day three and that kind of worries me a lot he Uh, has zero room for error
1: (laughs) yeah i think he has zero room for error but i don't think he slips to day three i think I, i think a late day two is where he would go right now probably like mid Third round, I think is where he'll end up um, because this is a good this is a good running back class. So we could see a couple other guys jump him and him still be a late day two guy. But as far as you being one of the low or like one of the higher guys on him right now, I just took him. I just got him at the 210 in a, a mock
0: that we did. Uh, he He's fallen pretty far. The only other backs that I really think are in this discussion for day one, day two today, Sean Tucker, running back at Syracuse. Probably not a day one guy, right? I think we no. both probably. Um, I would put I'd put a pretty substantial amount of money on that one. Day two, though. Can he sneak in around two? Are we looking more at round three? I mean, regardless of what the NFL wants to say, I think his school ends up hurting him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a statistically worse season as a junior than it was as a sophomore mm-hmm. um, new new coaching staff in there uh, a couple other bodies in the backfield uh, I think that combination hurts his stock even though I think he's going to test very well next year um, and I think he'll he will nail that part of the process I think right now
1: round three is his ceiling i think he's gonna be a borderline day two day three guy and if i had to put money on it right now today i think he goes round four probably in the top part of round four i don't think he is going to be uh i don't think the nfl is going to like him as much as the fantasy community does I like Sean Tucker. I think he has the opportunity for success at the next level as well, but I think he's going to get overlooked because of the two things you just said: one, his school, Syracuse; two, he's going to have a down year production-wise this
0: year. Um, I think you mixed up your arguments. I think you meant to say that for Tank Bigsby. <laughs> I think I think you you messed that up. Um. <laughs> I think he's going to test well enough that it doesn't matter. I think he's going to test well enough that it doesn't matter. Um, I think it's impossible for him to go day one. Yes. Literally impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, He'd have to run for like 3000 yards this year. Um, He'd have to be the next coming of Ernie Davis. So. Round three, but we don't mind if he goes round three, right? Like that's not. No a bad thing. I don't even necessarily
1: mind if he goes round four. Um, if you, but if you go in round four, I want to see you have a clearer path towards playing time because I do think Sean Tucker is talented. So I think if he gets an opportunity at the next level, he can kind of Chris Carson it and seize that role and not let it go. Um, but Yeah, we want to see day three, or round three. Zach Charbonnet? I think Zach Charbonnet is a round two running back. I know you disagree. What are
0: you doing here? What are you doing? You think (laughs) Zach Charbonnet is going to go round two, and you're saying that Sean Tucker is probably going to go round four. Zach Charbonnet is at UCLA, Colin. It's not like he's at some powerhouse program here. He's playing for fucking Chip Kelly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, I think that matters. I think. NFL is gonna like a chip. Well, no, that's true. Josh Kelly. Oh, no, they won't. Either. What are we talking mm-hmm. about here? All guy who right.
0: can't catch.
1: Day two can't catch least... He had, had twenty four receptions last year. Okay,
0: is he like good at it? I mean, he's not no. a he's not the type of guy that you're gonna split out wide. You're right. I was a little hasty with can't catch. He's probably a better receiver than Kenneth Walker. In fairness, yeah, yeah. probably a worse rusher. Uh, and that's kind of saying something because I don't think Kenneth Walker is anything to write home maybe. about as a rusher.
1: I think Zach Charbonnet is a day two guy. I meant to say day two, not round two, although I, I wouldn't rule out round two, but
0: I think he's a day two guy. This is egregious. I need a new podcast co-host. This is just so bad. Um, I don't know how you can sit here with a straight face and say that, quite frankly.
1: I mean, you'll have to read my Devi profile on him.
0: I did. I know you. I had to edit like 5,000 words out of it. You were fucking <laughs> warm Peace. I had to fucking narrow that thing down to one page. I've, I've read it. I basically, I rewrote it because I had to get rid of so much. No, I didn't rewrite it. The bones are there. Uh, I know,
1: I know, but I think he's a, he's a size speed guy. I think for his size, he's going to test really well. I think he's going to have two years of, of solid production. Um, And yeah, I think UCLA is a better, I think the NFL will like his production profile coming from UCLA better than
0: somebody coming from Syracuse. All those studs that UCLA's put in the, the NFL recently. Yeah, all of them. All of the good
1: ones. Um, D'Mentra De- Felton,
0: uh, Devin Archaine. I don't think he has a prayer going day one. He's too small. Day two mm. will be interesting. Another guy that will test very well.
1: Yeah, I think day two is is definitely in the realm of outcomes for him, just because of how blazing fast this guy is. My big concern with Devin Achain is the weight. Obviously, yeah, he's he can't get above two or five. Like, I don't think he can yeah. get above 200. He's at 185 right now. And if this is a bit of projection on my part, but I think that once he's done with track and starts to focus on putting on weight, I could see him getting to right around 200. But even if he's just under 200, even if he's 195 to 200. There are still players in that pool in that comparison of him on that spectrum of Devin Achain that he could go day two and he could have success at the NFL level.
0: And oh, yeah, name two Jamal Charles, CJ2K. C-J I have Spiller. I have both of those sitting here in front of yeah. me, Jamal Charles and, and CJ2K.
1: Yeah, well, CJ2K, even the CJ Spiller. Uh, I think that those are skill set wise and everything. I think that those are in his range of outcomes. So I could see day two for Devin Achain, but yeah, he ha-
0: definitely has to get close to 200. I have some conflicting weights on Chris Johnson, but the biggest one I have is 203. Yeah. So smallest, right I, ha- smallest I have is 195. I don't think Achain can touch 200 pounds. He's got to get close. He-, he will have to have a brick surgically placed in him. <laughs> To wait, like I said, when he's done with track, because I I don't think he's trying to put on weight right now because
1: he's a legitimate sec track star, he broke sec track records.
0: So, like, I think he's good, mm -hmm. but is he he's not like a Mm -hmm. like there's no Olympic hopeful here. Um, so probably not from what I've seen on his times, there's no chance of that. No, probably not, but he he's re- he's a really
1: good track athlete like he wins sec meets and he broke i think it was broke he de- i think it was a texas a&m record
0: not that's SEC. a lot different it is as someone who watched th- the ncaa championships last year that's a lot different it is i think it was a texas a&m record he broke and i believe it was the indoor 60 meter yeah i remember watching that at the Olympics. Um, <laughs> There's no one else really here. Blake Corum, I think he'll go day three. Michigan back. He's too small and he's not an uber athlete. Um, he, I think day three is
1: the most likely situation, but I think there's a path to day two for him because, yes, he is, he's 5'8, 200 pounds, but he's thick. Like he has a solid frame. I don't think it gets any bigger than that. I don't think he gets, you know, 205 is probably his max. But at 5'8", with that frame, I don't think it's a huge concern. Um, He's not a phenomenal athlete. He is a good athlete, um, but he's not a phenomenal athlete. He catches passes well.
0: I would be shocked if he goes before round four, and I think round five or round six are his more likely places. I think He's going to be a guy that the Debbie community is inflated, and it's he's not going to go anywhere close to what you expect. He's actually I, a huge sell for me at this point. I think round four is the most likely spot. But like
1: I said, I can see a path to day two draft capital for him, especially coming from Michigan, where I think he leads them in carries this year because Donovan Edwards is small too. Donovan
0: Edwards is sub 200 pounds. Do or I have least, a... Do I have a path to day two draft capital, Colin? It seems like everybody has a path to day two draft capital. So I just want to, you know,
1: check in on that. I mean, I think that some of these schools, you know, when you go to a big school, if you're productive and as long as you're a good enough athlete, I think there's a path to day two draft capital there. I think you're being very generous. One of us Uh, has to be. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm also saying there's a path there. Like, is
0: it likely that Blake Corum goes day two? See, I think there is no path. No path to day two for him. It's over. It's locked and loaded. I don't know what he does that's elite. He's a pretty good kick returner. That's not going to get him on day two. He's a good pass catcher, but again, he's not an uber athlete to kind of pair with that. I, I, I He's basically like 60% of Jameer Gibbs, basically.
1: I don't. I think sixty is a little harsh. him seventy five percent of Jameer Gibbs.
0: I think he's worse than that. I think if you if you are a Blake Corum holder, I'll package him and Cardwell up for something that I can actually use. Um. I don't really have any other guys in here that I would take seriously as you know potential early round guys. There's only one left for me. Who? Kendall Milton.
1: That's a good call. I forgot about him. Yep. Yeah, Kendall Milton's the only guy that we haven't
0: mentioned that I could see uh, getting day two draft capital there. Semi not bold prediction. Moe Ibrahim does not get drafted next year, folks. Um, Don't be caught holding that bag. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't. That's really all I've got. I mean, there's obviously lots of names you can toss out there. Marshawn Lloyd, does he bounce back uh, at at South Carolina? Jalen Berger. Sounds like maybe he has the job at Michigan State. Could he be a guy similar to Kenneth Walker last year? Um, is he? Bonaconda. Is he? I'm not sure he gets the the volume there. And then I don't think any of these small school guys go day two. Lu, guys, Lou Nichols will not go day two. There is less of a chance that Lou Nichols goes day two than Blake Quorum goes day two. And there is a zero percent chance that Blake Quorum goes day two. Lou Nichols will not clip that. Will not sniff anything better than the fifth round. I agree on Lou Nichols. I'm I, the clip I'm clipping that was a reference to the zero percent chance of Blake Corum. Um I think Dwayne McBride's another guy that has a zero percent chance to go day one. A guy that's caught like four passes day in two, his career. Uh sorry, day two. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's yeah, day four he's gonna go undrafted. I don't think there's any chance that he's <laughs> that he's selected. Actually, there's probably a better chance that he goes undrafted than than he does. Uh, Tavion Thomas. I think he's a bad athlete, so uh, I don't think he can fit in there. Um, Chris Deuce Rodriguez, Deuce, Deuce, Vaughn Deuce Vaughn. way
1: too small. Yeah.
0: Um, it, it, it's, it slims down a, a decent amount after that. Um, Jason McClellan is going to be kind of a big question mark, but I yes. think he stays another year. Mm-hmm. I think he I think should a fourth year. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: yeah I think he should. Um, I don't really see anybody else on this list that I would think could get uh, day two draft capital i the only one is and it's a it's a long shot but there'll be kenny mcintosh again just another georgia guy um i think if he outperforms kendall milton and he looks really good
0: i could see it um but i i think it's unlikely at this point how good would daniel and God have to be to get any sort of decent draft capital? <laughs> I think Daniel Incato would have to be really, really good.
1: Uh and I think he would have to probably have all of Arizona State's rushing yards and touchdowns. And receiving yards. Yeah. And receiving yards. Yeah. Yeah. He would have to be phenomenal. All
0: right. Let's let's pivot over here to wide receiver Colin. And let just a recap here. So we said Bijan probably a first round guy, but again, we never really know with running back. Day two potential Jameer Gibbs, Alabama, Zachary Evans Ole miss. Sean Tucker, Syracuse or the Collins seems to disagree. Um, uh Kendall Milton, maybe day two. Um, uh, Zach Charbonnet were split. Another thing Zach Charbonnet could help uh senior bowl. Peop they've seem to really
1: like senior bowl guys. So another another feather in that cap.
0: This is a good point. Um, and then a lot of other names. Wide receiver. I mean, I think it's just accepted that JSN is the top guy now. I've still pushed back on that a little bit, personally. I think if Keyshawn Boute can show that he's back and he's healthy, I still think he's a better player. I think straight up he's. he's. So I've, I've always said, like, a lot, like, all of the. For ever since JSN came out, that I think he can play all three wide receiver positions. So it feels funny to say that I think Keyshawn Boute is more versatile. But I think whereas Kayshan or where JSN's versatility is, he can play any any of the three positions at a pretty decent level. I think he still is not really a deep threat. And I think Keyshawn Boutte not only can play all three wide receiver positions, but can threaten all three levels mm-hmm. at a higher level than JSN can when he's healthy. Obviously, we've got him still in a boot. Was it an Achilles injury? Was it an ankle injury? Was it something else? We don't really know. But I think if Keyshawn Boutte can come back and, and test and be fine at the combine, I think I, I, I still prefer him to JSN. Now, granted again, I'm not, that's one of those ones where I don't really feel great about giving advice on that to somebody. Cause then if Keisha Boutte doesn't, then they come back to me and call me an asshole and they're probably right. <laughs> um, but they're depending on, a, on, on, on team structure. Some places I have a lot of JSN. I might be trying to sell him for a little, for Boutte plus if I can, just to play around with some house money on that.
1: Yeah. I, so I finally, um, put JSN over Keshawn Boutte but that's only because of the injury question marks. I do agree with you I think Keshawn Boutte is the better player still and that's not a knock on JSN that doesn't mean I think JSN sucks just because I think Keshawn Boutte is a better player. I, but I think both Keshawn Boutte and Jackson Smith and Digma in Jigba are head and shoulders better than anybody who was in this previous class. And we just saw was it five round one wide receivers? And I think these guys six. are six. I think these guys are head and shoulders better than them. Um, I think they are. I think they are better prospects as well than um, Chase, Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle were. Um, and I know you're going to get, I'm going to get a lot of pushback on that. My big concern with Chase was sitting out a year. We just hadn't seen that happen really like voluntarily sitting out a year we hadn't seen that happen he was still a little raw in some aspects of his game so that was why i had some slight question marks on him as a prospect um i think jsn akeshon mutale will end up grading out slightly above him for me but uh you know in hindsight obviously jamar chase fantastic prospect
0: I don't know, but they'll both go round one. Um yeah. Quentin Johnston, I think it's assumed. Um, I still think he has to have a decent year. But I think his floor is no worse than pick forty. Like we just watched Christian Watson, who is a terrible, terrible, terrible prospect go in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> he's legitimately a terrible prospect compared to Quentin Johnston compared to really anybody. Um, So round, you know, round one or the very, very tippy top of around two, they, that feels pretty decent for him. Jermaine Burton, I think is the first guy you really get to. And you're like, what needs to happen here? Alabama transfer for, in for Georgia, how are we feeling? I think that,
1: uh, not, I don't want to call him a lock, but I think there's a really good chance that uh, Burton goes round one. I mean, Alabama wide receivers just get taken round one. That's just what happens, especially if it's the leading wide receiver, which I think Burton will be. Um, so I, I think Jermaine Burton is going to have a big year this year, uh, and I think that Jermaine Burton is going to go round one. I feel very confident in that. He's pretty comfortably my wide receiver three at this point.
0: Yeah, I think a big year there with him. I mean, he's got really nice size. Um, obviously played in the SEC for his whole career. The NFL doesn't necessarily seem to care if a guy, you know, underachieved year one, year two, if they kind of have that big finale. Um, mm-hmm. So... And the thing about it is, like, is there a guy there that can possibly take that number one job over him? Like, it's really only Jacory Brooks that I think could manage that. Like, Harrell is not Jamison Williams, I don't think. I think he's definitely more of a um, specialty kind of guy. JoJo Earl is a slot guy. I have a hard time seeing him uh being the guy there this year and then it's a lot of youth and and experience you're you're the the mediocrity of a a trey holden for instance who doesn't really have anything special about him uh nice nice senior presence or he's not a senior you know what i mean in the locker Mm -hmm. room so um i just feel like there's nobody there to block him at all this year yeah I, i i just don't see anybody standing in his way um Josh Downs, do you have any questions about him going in the first round? North Carolina wide receiver, a little smaller. I mean, a little smaller, and
1: uh, I think one thing that we're, you know, barring any sort of like a medical thing that we hear about Sam Howell that comes out, I think we're seeing that the NFL doesn't quite value Phil Longo's system that much. Um, I think Josh Downs is a better player than Diami Brown. And I think the NFL will think that as well. But Diamie Brown was what a third round pick, I think. Um I would put if you put Josh Downs over like, you know, in the first round or not, like at a fifty fifty bet, like give me not in the first round. I
0: think it's more likely that he goes early second round than it is he goes in the first we did just see Jahan dotson go day one i don't think Jahan dotson is an appreciably better prospect than jane than uh than josh downs is um i don't disagree with that but i also don't think that dotson pick was a good pick so (laughs) yeah it was a bad pick um (laughs) and i like dotson but objectively parker (laughs) washington doesn't really have a chance at day one i wouldn't think
1: no no i don't think so i think um he's probably in that second round bucket right now. Uh, cause I do think he's going to step in and lead that team in, uh, receptions and yards. Um, something that I've kind of come around on a little bit, as I do think Tinsley is going to lead them in touchdowns this year, receiving touchdowns. But I think Washington is going to be the more of the focal point of that passing attack. Rakeem Jarrett. Man, I just wrote the, uh, the the Devi profile up on on Jarrett, um, and I, he's somebody that's really tough because I see I see it with him. I, I see him has having the skill set to be a guy who can go in the first round, but he can't even lead Maryland in receiving. Do you know how many times last year Raheem Jarrett? Let how many games Rakeem Jarrett had the most receiving yards on that team? Two. One. One. Okay. One time. And that was a, even after Dante Demas went out. You know, they just th- there were just random times when other players had more yards than him. That that tight that super athletic tight end, um, that I can't pronounce his name that just came out this year. He had he led them in receiving more times than Rakeem Jarrett did. Rakeem Jarrett was steady you know, he was more consistent. Those other guys kind of faded off at times, but he just can't seem to really establish himself as a go-to guy. And I think if you can't do that at Maryland, I think that that really limits what the NFL is going to think of you. And Dante Demas is coming back.
0: I don't know that Demas is like really coming back. Like really, really like as Dante Demas as we know him, um, that knee injury. I mean, Hey, bad. PFF had him, uh, appreciate sure it was PFF had him in the first round of their mock. So I think he would have gone first round this year if he'd stayed healthy. I don't even have that big of a question on that. I think he would have Dante Dimas. He was freaking crushing at Maryland this year. And he I would not have made that pick, but I think the NFL would have loved him. He would have gone senior bowl he seems like a kid that's like really like just loves football. Um he's got really nice size. I, I the NFL would have loved him. Now we'll see. I don't even know what the medicals will look like for him. Um I think he would have been a higher pick than Raheem Jarrett. I still think Raheem Jarrett might go day 1 though. The five-star pedigree. The uh, he's a pretty damn good athlete. He's basically poor man CD Lamb in my opinion. I think he has a chance to sneak in. I wouldn't do it as of today, but it wouldn't shock me. It would It would shock me. It would. I think he's more of a day two guy. A couple other names to toss out here, Colin. Isaiah Nayor Transfer to Texas. Big year there. Can he go first round? Um, I'm not going to say
1: no, but I would surprise me. I think if he has a big year there, you know, he's a bigger body guy. He's a, a good athlete. I think he profiles as as an X, and there haven't been a ton of those guys that have that have come out the past couple of years. A lot of the guys that have been coming out lately have been a little bit smaller. Now we do have some guys in this class that I think are our Xs, but I'm not going to rule it out for Nayor, but it would surprise me. Marvin Mims. Uh, I think he has a better chance than... I think Marvin Mims has a better chance than Naor. There's a better chance than Parker Washington. Probably a better chance than Rakeem Jarrett as well, but I don't see it with him. Feels Brandon
0: Cooks-ish to me, so it could sneak in. Um, I don't think... he's He's not the burner that Cooks is. A little more physical. Um, especially a catch point, uh, Jaden Reed. I don't think he goes day one. I still think the NFL is going to really like him. I
1: do. I think the NFL is going to like him as well. Um, I don't think I would be shocked if he went day one, but I think he's somebody that not enough people are talking about as NFL potential this year. I like Jaden
0: Reed. He checks pretty much all the boxes. He's just going to be a late declare. Yes. But he's an NFL athlete. He has an early breakout. He destroyed his freshman year uh, at Western Michigan and then transferred over. Um, very good returner. Like I, He checks pretty much any box you'd want. Um, I think he's a day two guy at worst. Um, I would take him over. And I have him ranked over. Zay Flowers, who I think will go... And- round three at the earliest. Yep. Um, I have them I have them really
1: close. It's flowers nayor and Reed like all in that clump. I have Gary Bryan Jr. and Roma Dunze in that group as well um, but yeah
0: I definitely think there's a possibility with those guys. Yeah, the other names that jump out are the, are the two Washington guys um, Ronnie Bell at Michigan is a guy that's forgotten about. And again, I probably would not take him day one, but I feel like the NFL might really like him. The NFL might take him day two. Man, I don't know. I
1: Another guy that I wrote up the profile for this this very weekend. Um,
0: man, I just – I don't see it with him. I don't think he's a good enough athlete. If he comes – back, is. I mean, he was good for Michigan last year. I forgot her. I'm just saying, I think the NFL he had, would like the – be one catch for 76 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, got hurt. It's pretty good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I mean, there's there's not, I mean, Gary Bryant Jr., we talked about him a little bit earlier. Like, I, I think he probably doesn't even come out this year now due to everything going on at USC. Um, then yeah. uh, you've got some G5 guys, you know, like your Jalen Croppers, your, your Jacob Cowan, who's now P5, but uh, you know, I think mean, he's a day two guy. Dontavion Wicks of Virginia, day two at the earliest for him. Um, any other names stand out to you, Colin, that, that you think could be um, – uh, How about Cedric Tillman from Tennessee? If he has a huge year, does the NFL fall in love with him? I think he's a worse Isaiah Naor, but I think he also probably outproduces a Naor this year just based on being like the guy at Tennessee. Yeah, I can – I can get on board with
1: that comparison, like a a poor man's Isaiah Nayor with much better production. Well, maybe not much better, but better production. But, well, you know what? Vellis Jones Jr. just went day two, so who knows? Um, No, I I think Cedric Tillman has a shot at some day two draft capital. Um, He's a bit of an older prospect. Uh, I don't know if I see it with him, but I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, but another guy that there's two more guys that I think have some day two potential uh, here, and the first one uh, I think probably has <laughs> well,
0: it's Jalen McMillan. Um, I said the Washington <laughs> guys, yeah, I, shocker.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, had to, I had to put him out there. Um, but the other two guys that I was looking at, because. Um, he wasn't one of the two that I was looking at at that time, but Jacob Cowing uh, and Mitchell Tinsley, two guys transferring up um, to Power Five programs. Um, Jacob Cowing probably less likely than Tinsley, um, but I think there's a shot for both of them. I think it's an outside shot, but I think it's a shot for both of them. T- Tinsley really impressed me um, at watching him. I think he's he's a he, he's a technician.
0: Things Penn State fans say for 500, Alex. Um, we're not going to talk about tight end. Michael Mayer is the obvious possible round one guy. Um, I don't know that I have anyone else really on my radar. I mean, you're looking at the the Ben Urisex at Stanford, the Theo Johnsons, if he can ever get it together, the Sam Laporta's, he's not a day one <laughs> tight end. I mean, that, that's really what you're looking at here. I don't see anybody else that really sticks out that, that I would. Uh, Eric Gilbert, maybe, if he crushes it. We had this discussion a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, if he crushes it, I i, I think he could. Um, I, think, I think he has a better chance of going round one than Mayer does. I don't know if Mayer has the athletic profile to be a round one tight end. It doesn't mean I think he's going to be a bad tight end. He's my tight end one in this class. He's just behind Brock Bowers for me. I think he's very good. I think he's steady, Eddie, very reliable. Uh, but I don't think he has the athletic profile to go round one, whereas Gilbert could, especially if he's running at 265 pounds, you know? Or, or or almost 300 pounds. You know he could be a great size-adjusted athlete.
0: Yeah, and that's really all I have. I mean, beyond uh, Jinkin Bell, it's the only other name that I can think of that I would toss out. That uh, he that was I, in a a first round mock that I just saw. Too. Yeah, I saw. Um, I He's think in it was, that PFF it was PFF one. Yeah, it was PFF's. Yeah, talk about bad process. Um, all right. I think, and maybe we hope that Baylor Cup can can bounce back, transferring there to Texas Tech um we'll see if he can stay healthy yeah for a couple of years i'm I'm theo Theo
1: johnson's another guy who's kind of interesting but
0: it doesn't sound like
1: he's really stepped up and earning a lot of the uh the touches at penn state so he would he has the athletic profile to do it but i don't think he gets anything significant i think he needs he'll probably end up coming back
0: um okay so I think that does it there. Um, two freshman profiles, Colin, and then we'll we'll, we'll bring her home.
1: Sounds good. Um, my profile here: uh, Nick Evers, four-star prospect, number nine quarterback in this class, committed to Oklahoma. Uh, he was originally going to like expected to go to Florida, and then after that mass exodus from Oklahoma, he ends up going there. Um, and they had a need at quarterback they ended up bringing in dylan gabriel so i, th- I think that's better for him because i think nick evers would have really struggle i don't think he's ready year one um but nick evers has a slight frame but he is a big time arm um he is he's not the best arm strength in this class but he has plenty of arm strength He can make all the throws that you're going to ask of him um but he also knows that too. He he makes poor decisions at times. Uh, he's a little reckless. Uh, he trusts his arm a little bit too much. Uh, he's very quick release too, which which does help with that. But he's going to need to clean up some of the decision making. He's a threat with his legs. He ran an RPO style offense in high school. Um, you know, and he ran it effectively. Is that his best system? I don't know because again, with that slight frame, one hundred and seventy nine pounds. I mean, he could get crushed. So you probably don't want him running too much, but he can do it. He can also make a defender miss, too, if he needs to. Um, maneuvers the pocket well. can evade the rush. He'll keep his eyes downfield. Um, his ball placement can be spotty at times. Uh, he's generally accurate, though. Doesn't really lose much accuracy or velocity when throwing off-platform. Uh, I think he performs pretty well um, throwing off-platform, throwing on the move. Uh, he's going to go to Oklahoma here, sit behind Dylan Gabriel. We had heard, uh, really good things to start the spring about Evers. Uh, and then our, uh, Oklahoma sources have been saying that he's, he's not really looked quite as good as what they, t- they mentioned at the beginning here. Um, you know, he's, there's now a question that he has the number two role, um, They may bring in somebody here, but I think at at Oklahoma, in a Jeff Levy-led offense, if he can seize the reins there in year two, he's got all the tools of a modern QB. I think he has a shot to earn early NFL draft capital um, if he can put everything together there. He has a ceiling that not a ton of other prospects do.
0: Yeah, I do uh do wonder what they feel about him there. Um you know, was supposed to go to Florida. He's attached to the staff, but almost out of necessity. So um that doesn't make you feel too good about that. I chose Justin Williams for tonight, running back at Tennessee. Um, six foot. I believe he's already up to two fifteen or two twenty. He was listed at two ten or two oh five in high school, so he he's bulked up a little bit, bigger guy. Um Really nice size for the position. You know, Tennessee needed a bigger back after losing uh, Tyon Evans to to Louisville this offseason. He definitely fills a need there for them and is really the only bigger back on the roster. I think he has pretty decent long speed for his size. Um, you know, he's not a burner by any stretch, but I think it's good enough. I think he's pretty patient, um, has shown some nice hands in the past. I don't think again he's going to be like some uber pass catcher, but he's not bad in that regard either. I think he's got pretty nice flexibility, which will set him apart a little bit from a guy like, um, um, like uh, Charbonnet, for instance, who I I, I think lacks some flexibility, uh, ankle and hip wise. I think I think he's got it. Obviously, being a bigger guy, I think he is stronger. My comp for him for a while has been Jordan Howard. Like, I think he's a kid where I think his skill set is good enough to be a three down back in college, although I don't think he will be because of how Tennessee operates. Will NFL teams view him as a three down back? Probably not, in my opinion. So I think that kind of separates him a little bit from some of these upper tier guys. I've seen him as high as like RB5, six, someplace. I think that's a little too rich for me. I think he's right around my top 10. That feels like a really good spot for him. He won't be productive at Tennessee. You will never want to start Justin Tom or um, uh, Justin Williams in in your C two C CFF leagues ever. It's just not how Tennessee operates. So that hurts his value a little bit as well. I think his ceiling is probably a, a, a day two pick, maybe like a round three guy. Um, will Tennessee and how they use him allow him to hit that? I don't know. Um, I think with how early he's been going, I I think I just saw him go in the second round of a a freshman draft I'm doing right now. And that would be way too rich for me. I think fourth round feels really good. Not a bad player though. I just think combination of skill set circumstance probably ends up hurting him in the long run, a little more than people want to admit right now. They see big fast. Yeah, they see big, they see fast. They see a
1: uh, high octane offense at Tennessee, but I'm with you. I don't think he's really ever going to be that productive there. They do like to spread the ball around a little bit in terms of running backs. Jabari Smalls there. Jabari Smalls, a guy that I like uh, as well. So I do like Justin Williams, but there are definitely people out there who are higher than him,
0: higher on him than I am. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. Go ahead. Check out the C2C uh, feed here beyond our shows. You have chasing the natty, Ah, uh, Debbie debate, Hero RB show, and future freshmen all on the feed. The daily draft report is over. But we've got something for you every other day of the week, so don't be too upset about that. Um, check out the YouTube page as well. The official drops every day on or every Thursday over there, uh, and we always have a nice mixture of other videos over there. Um, and we will be back later this week with Canton Bound, the NFL half of the show. So we'll be breaking down the 2022 draft. Or Colin will be here with somebody. Mike already is gone up for, for my job here. So uh, uh, we it'll be calling at somebody. Until then, guys, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.